0: Hey, I'm Scott. And I'm Chris. And this is Doxologic, where we help you think with your Bible. Hey, guys, welcome back. Excited to get into a a subject, frankly, I just got finished preaching. We're going to talk about missions today.
1: Chris? Yeah, uh, so thankful that we got the opportunity to have this podcast come out right after the third of four sermons on the Great Commission. It was a, a highly impactful sermon. I know for me personally, just a refocus on uh, God's heart, what has to be our heart, for the peoples of the world, for the nations, making disciples of all nations. So for someone who maybe heard it a little while ago or hasn't heard it yet, why don't you um, give a brief summary of what you just went over, and then we'll uh, roll from there.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, It's been awesome to get us refocused and a time, and it's so important to do this, get us re-anchored on sort of the biblical main foundations. We've been talking about our mission as a church, which is the Great Commission. The mission of the church is the Great Commission, and we want to make disciples. And we're good, I think, at identifying that that is the commission to make disciples. But perhaps the more difficult part, and let's just be honest, it's a bit daunting when Jesus says, go and make disciples, that in of itself is daunting, but then he says, of all nations. That's what I focus on today, right. those three words, and how, of all nations, is um, quite the task, because it's not nations like you would think, like the US, for example, but rather um, people groups that are divided where the, if the gospel were to spread in a particular area, it would hit a barrier either linguistically or geographically or culturally. So when he says, go and make disciples of all nations, he's meaning every single people group. Not every person, but every people group. And so it's like, man, as you think about it, and I think the stats out there are six to 7,000 people groups exist. There are 400,000 American churches of which we are one. Would it be I think it would be right in line to say, why not us going after one of those people groups and being responsible to do the legwork to get the gospel, get the Bible to an unreached people group.
1: So that's, that's
0: kind of what we talked about today.
1: So uh, if we try to flesh it out a little bit in terms of what you just said, if we got uh, down to one people group, um, one, two, you know, we just prayed, ask the Lord to lead us, what, would, what do you think in the next couple of years we might try to start doing as a church uh, for, for getting momentum toward that very, that very thing? Well, I think that's
0: a really good question. This in particular to me is the most difficult part uh, because of the cross-cultural element and the unreached element. There's often not a Bible translated in their particular language, those kind of things. So the first word that pops up the page is prayer, right? We've got to be praying that God opens doors to get into those places. But the second thing I'm thinking is partnership. Partnership's gonna be huge. We've gotta do some work with some of our, I would say, partners in ministry that are like-minded in theology with us, of which there are several good ones that we already kind of have in mind. To bridge the gap between where we are in Sacramento, California, to where these unreached people groups are. And they're not just in the 1040 window, which is considered sort of the least reached area in the world. Right. They're, they're in pockets yeah. of South America, Central America. There's multiple different places, as you can imagine. And figuring out, and I, this is where I would want to focus, uh, less on the American Christian going to that place. I'm not against that. I'm for going more on training up a national with a passion, could we get behind them? Can hmm, we identify yeah. that person? Can we get behind them financially? Can we get behind them theologically, training, etc., to give him the platform to basically go and immerse himself across that whatever that line is, that barrier in that particular area, and reach these people? And how can we help come alongside them in that effort? Yeah, that's where I would want to yeah, focus. It's good.
1: It's good. And, and uh, you detailed this a little bit uh, in your sermon about some of our history, where we were a part of uh, a fellowship of churches until 2017, when it disbanded, like you said, almost overnight. Um, what are we doing now, though? Explain, you know, who, who are we uh, partnered with um, in the Great Commission Collective? and we describe that and how we're hoping that this will grow and help us as, you know, we're talking about leveraging these partnerships. It's already an international organization.
0: Right. It was such such an important thing for me to not just plant a church, but to plant a church planting church, that that would be the kind of church we were going to be. Now, when you plant a church and you're just trying to survive, you're deeply grateful for the partnerships that you have. Harvest Bible Fellowship out of Harvest Bible Chapel Chicago was such a blessing in so many ways. The men, the movement in terms of reaching these countries and places. You're talking about, you know, having eight to 10 churches in Nepal. I'm not sure how I get to Nepal yeah, outside of right. that. And then these right. churches are moving mm-hmm. into certain foreign, you know, places in the Himalayas, for example, that are kind of blocked off from people and getting and in, in reaching others. And so, man, just to be a part of that movement was so special. So that was a non negotiable for me. And then, really, what we have now, and you mentioned it, the Great Commission Collective is nothing more than the the salvaging, and now I believe a rich, fruitful future of what was Harvest Bible Fellowship. That is when uh, the the leader of Harvest Bible Fellowship stepped down, uh, we tried to maintain this movement of about 160 churches spread out over 22, 23-ish countries, moving all the more, planting churches regularly. Could we get more of that going could we maintain what we had and so 2018 2019 was a lot of behind the scenes work where it didn't seem that our church was doing at least anything, doing or, anything yeah, right yeah. but it was it was man i want to keep us with opportunities to do things because if you're talking about unreached people's like we're talking about at least being an essential part of the mission it's more than just us going i'm going to go there and i'm going to i'm going to witness to these people sure. it's like they don't speak your language and they might kill you and we need to figure out how to navigate this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's a blessing uh, just as um, one of the pastors here almost indirectly to be still a part of an organization. I've got um, uh, friendships and some partnerships in ministry and in, in biblical counseling and things like that. Even what we have now are freedom groups, uh, which is uh, twice a year we go uh, into freedom groups. Um, really excited to get one of those started again. That's from the GCC, from the Great Commission Collective, from multiple churches that have done that, partnering their resources together. So it goes out internationally. but it also has great uh, benefit for our church even if people might not realize the benefit. We live in some of that benefit because we're a part of this partnership.
0: And let me tell you something about that. First of all, amen, and it's making all the churches stronger that are a part of it. But the other thing is, Uh, If you've been on the missions field at all, what you find often, especially if you're committed to a good theology, is you'll fly across the country or across the world, and they will be doing ministry all kinds of different ways. Why? Because of the theological heritage. Has it been, you know, were they evangelized by Pentecostals, Charismatics, you know, Prosperity Mm, Gospel, all of that stuff. To have the Great Commission Collective is to say there is a movement of church planning churches that are like-minded so that you can fly from Sacramento, California, to, I use this today, Chennai, India, and you would see a church that does the same things we do in a different cultural context. In other words, preaching the word of God right, is not an optional thing that we think is a smart idea. Preaching the word of God is the call for every church and every Christian pastor. That's what Paul said to Timothy, right? It made it very clear, charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his coming, preach the word. Well, that's happening in Chennai. The worship, the exaltation of Jesus Christ is happening in Chennai. You know, so it's just neat to see that the very kind of, intangible theological foundation in a GCC church is the same in California as it is in India, as it is in Nepal, as it is in Liberia.
1: That's great. You know, remind me of the exact quote from John Piper. uh, The mission of the church is missions, and, and the mission, mission of missions, missions is the church. Is the church. Uh, from there, and then using, you reference it, our, our philosophy of missions uh, paper, um, where will this take us in, in, in the future? People, I'm sure, are wondering. Some people, I imagine, got a fresh stirring in their own you know hearts and minds for this. Other people were already totally there, just can't wait to see us get started with something. Uh, and you reference this missions um, philosophy of missions paper. So how's that going to get it fleshed out in some ways as far as our mission being about, of course, our neighbors and our neighborhood here, but but to the nations? Yeah,
0: it's a great question. I mean, this was something that we had to really consider. 2017, like I said, HBF disbands. 2018 asked to be on the board of what is now the Great Commission Collective to see this thing continue to go forward, but it left this gaping hole in our own church, and, and so you have, let's just talk, Frank, you have a bazillion people that are doing a bazillion different things that they think are the most important thing, right? And yep. and they almost come, some people come to the church with their project and will decide whether or not they stay at the church based on whether or not that project gets received to the level that they've defined it being received by is that financial giving. Is that, that is no
1: joke, folks. That's, that's exactly right? it's, how it's gone. So numerous times. Yep.
0: So we had to figure out what do we do as a church? Are there priorities? Does the Bible put certain things in certain places? And therefore, can we create a methodology that supports the biblical picture? So the elders tasked me uh, in 2020 as you know, my time with uh, GCC's board was kind of coming to an end. That was yeah. my own choice, just to keep focusing on building what we had here. I was tasked in 2020 um, to finish by the summer as philosophy of missions paper and uh, took it up in the spring and wrote kind of what we're gonna get out to our people, but essentially talking about this idea of missions, right? And when you say missions, it means so many different things. And so you're asking me, what does it mean to us? But let me just give you a sense for missions is loaded, right? The topic, the concept, it's almost like missionaries, you uh, Uh, albeit cross cultural ones, that is a different calling for sure, but I'm, I'm hesitant to give it real biblical language, uh, that certain people are focused on missions or that missions is a program or a department of what you do.
1: Of a church. Of a church, right.
0: Missions is at the heartbeat of every Christian. Every disciple is a disciple making Christian that should have a heart for the world. And and even more than that, um, missions is not even found in the Bible, the word. Hmm. Okay. Right. So, so it's, it's not to say that it's not a good category to kind of talk about things in, but the, the foundation of missions comes from the Latin word missio, which means to send now God's program has been a sending program from the beginning, right? Go back to Abraham, right? You go back. I mean, you can talk about God sending Jesus, of course, you know, the, the, the foundations of sending are, are apparent, but we wanted to get down to, um, does missions mean for us? What does missions mean when there's so many definitions of what are we going to focus on? And so what you said, Chris, was actually really important that the mission of the church is missions, but the mission of missions is the church for how, who's baptizing according to Matthew 28, which is part of disciple making and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, if not the local church. And then to be faithful to the new Testament, it would mean that you are submitted under godly leadership that you're gathering regularly as the saints. So what you realize is that the great commission to be effective and to fulfill it is gonna be by the planting of churches. And so that's been our heartbeat from the beginning. And I would say, if we were to focus on one primary area, Mm -hmm. and we could get into a bunch of stuff, I'm sure you've got thoughts about Mm -hmm. mercy ministries and all these other things that, you know, can occupy a lot of the time that are good things. We're gonna say that the ultimate thing is church planting or coming alongside church planters and church planting movements, o- opportunities, and ideally to to spread those out, not only just in our backyard, nationally, internationally, but then with a specific focus, knowing the difficulty to do some of that in unreached places.
1: Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, as I, as I think about what you're saying, what was preached this morning, um, I, I love what 's on the document here it talks about impact locally reach nationally and touch globally we want to see it go out faith always faithfully locally right and then and then the reach that God might give to us to be able to reach more people in our own uh, national context and then to get out uh, into as, as as far and as many places God would have us to get it 's interesting I have gotten the question I know you have as well many times uh, well meaning people Right, don't mind the question, but it comes pretty loaded with. uh, So, what do you guys do for missions? Uh, We get that in maybe a class or an introduction to Doxa type of thing. What do you guys do for missions? And and I've, I've, as I have with other big questions like that, turned it around on the person Mm -hmm. and say, Well, could you define for me what you mean by that, or give me some background? And and they will, sure. Um, But when I get down to it, it's interesting. Um, I get blank stares and sometimes disappointed uh, reactions when I explain uh, you. We, we do the disciple making thing and you said it a couple of sundays ago uh y'all are the program yeah there's not a program outside of the people right and so we want to be passionate to tell people yes there will be ascending uh from here to nations and, and for some people and we're excited about that but there's going to be a leveraging of what we what we can tap into with partnerships but yeah. always what do you do for missions first yeah. and foremost we want to faithfully pour into you with yeah. the word of god the whole counsel of god seeing that that you're um, where you are, there you are sent. Yeah, you can only be in one place at one time. And rather than wait for God to send you to the next place mm-hmm. or, or for that career in missions, and He might, but but while you're waiting, let's get to the task of growing personally yep. in your own sanctification, right uh, with the Lord, and then and then pouring out to others wherever you are.
0: So you just gave a gift to all of our listeners, which is a little nuance into pastoral ministry that I appreciated so much. When someone asked the question, what do you do for missions? And you're not sure exactly where they're coming from on that, but they're clearly, there's a background there. There's something there. You did the brilliant thing of saying, "Well, why don't you define for me what missions is?" I'll say that's a pastoral lesson of itself. That was just free, right? Because I'm thinking about missions is kind of like another term that I would say is um, has a whole meaning behind it. It's called women's ministry, right? The idea of something like a women's right. ministry has a loaded in our context. Has a picture. This is what it is. This based, is on what it, based on experience. Based on experience, right? It's yeah. it's and so. You know, there are there is there ministry happening from woman to woman in the Bible? Of course, and Titus 2 is a great example of that. Should we be faithful to that? Absolutely. Is there a sense for younger older women to care for and mentor younger women? All of that great, but sometimes that's a lot different than what the expectation is. So I love that getting down to the bottom of it because a lot of times missions is just you know having a ministry going on in a different place. And, and I think there's two components to the Great Commission. One is right where you are, see yourself as sent. You are God's program, you know, to, to, to impact people for the gospel. You are the proclaimer. You, you are the one whose life is before. And, and you have, I'm hoping, opportunities that other people don't have because God has strategically placed you there. But then there's also the responsibility, and both need to be intentional, I, I am sent by God mm, and right. God wants to do more than just, as I use the example today, I said, the world's not like a pancake where you pour gospel syrup on it and it gets everywhere. It's more like a waffle where there's syrup that needs to get to every one of those people groups, which would represent those squares. Right. And so both. And right. so the, the way we're going to, at least in the near term, do the second part as a church is through partnership. We're going to do that primarily through giving. We're going to start to engage on the level of conversations about how can we start moving forward and what are the opportunities.
1: That's good. So as I, as I look at this, as you, as you wrote this um, not too long ago, the missions um, statement paper, uh, su- such a pastor with all of your alliterations, by the way, uh, with P's, uh, right. partnerships. I can't help it. I, 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 I have I, a I, problem. I, I have
0: a alliterating problem. <laughs> It's not real if it's not alliterated.
1: Aa, alliterators anonymous. That's you. <laughs> That's uh, what I need. Your, your favorite class in the seminary. How to alliterate. It was mine, at least. That was not a real class, by the way, for everyone listening. <laughs> um, but we've got partnership that you've talked about. We've got provision. Uh, we're talking about um, wanting to give fi- financially. And let's get into that a little bit, just so our people know. What do we try to do from a financial perspective? What are we committed to? Um, in terms of giving and even saving. We're not, we're not always having it go out, but we're saving as well for the opportunities by faith that we know God's gonna give us.
0: Well, I think, yeah, for us, giving is obviously essential to the work getting done. We're gonna mobilize by funding. And my heart would be if the Lord, as he's established us here and given us kind of a, you know, we've always talked about the building, for example, God's grace to us in 2019 at the end, man, to just be a hub, for for ministry, lots of disciple making going on. And so uh, being where we are, would love to see our giving even increase over time to, to carry more of this uh, as, a, as a predominant weight. But right now, 10% of our giving goes to uh, Great Commission work. That's what we're calling it, right? Great Commission work uh, um, in different places around the world. The way we've broken up how that is done, of course, is in this paper, but is by the priority, we believe that the Lord is placed on certain um, missional components of the great commission. So, so, so
1: we see it, uh, most emphasized in the word in some certain ways, and we want to follow the emphasis that we see with backing it up with a plan.
0: Correct. Yeah. So church planning is going to be, is 50% of that right up front, right? right? So 5% church planning. And we're doing that in a number of different ways. We are supporting the great commission collective as a partner that helps us train, send, plant, Develop core groups, the whole thing. We could get into all that detail. It would be fascinating to do. But then we're committed to planting churches in our own church. And something that got started as part of this Heart to Missions was the 645 fellowship, 6-4 internship that we have at our church uh, based on Acts 6-4 that we'll devote ourselves to prayer and the teaching of God's word. This is for men who feel called to ministry that want kind of a bridge between, it's not um, a replacement for, but a supplement to like a seminary level education. So you've been trained and we're trying to bridge these gaps and it's a two-year program. We cover pastoral uh, ministry, preaching, theology, and leadership. And the idea is we want as a church to see that all of these guys are then mobilized into leadership, whether in our church or then out of our church to start planning churches, both near and far. And some of that's up to the Lord, obviously to decide where, but we're big on that even in our own backyard. So it's always going to be both. And yes, to the multiplication of disciples here. And then yes, also to, One of the other components this Great Commission work is part of the provision and budget as well, which is the training and strengthening of churches that can send people to areas we can't go. It's the translating of the Bible. It's reaching ministries, um, uh, people that do ministry within our philosophy of ministry that can be Uh, Effective in reaching people who aren't reached. Yeah, that's
1: great. I I just look forward to the day um, when the Lord has it in His timing for that person to come up and to be able to uh, shock our church to know that they've been participating in in their giving, in setting aside funds. Um, Approximately 2% is the plan each year of our budget to go towards a future church plan. And the ability, because it's going to be expensive around here, right? You can thankfully mobilize and leverage, uh, your money can go a lot further internationally which we want it yeah. to, but we, do, we will not ignore the backyard, right? right? Whether that's 30 minutes from here or so, whatever it is, to be able to say, and church, for years, you've been participating in getting ready for this person yeah. to plant this church so and uh, see him go out, establish core group, develop and, and uh, install elders and do all that the Lord has for him to do to be able to send him out. This is going to be incredible.
0: It is, and I, that's the heart, Chris. That I, I do believe that is going to be our predominant focus. And and here's the thing that I think is really important on this missions thing. We are almost set up to fail someone at some point. Why? Because there are a lot of things that need to get done in our world. We haven't even talked about mercy ministries, for example, and those are good things. And some people believe that is the thing, right? And that's probably where we'll differ with some of this stuff where again, we see mercy ministries as an absolutely essential component, but in and through the local church. So the local church is always gonna be kind of predominant in the thinking. And that might be difficult for certain people who, you know, see real need and God bless them, and it's true. But in terms of we're gonna, we can't do everything, right? It, we just you can't. Um there's too many things to give to. We could shell out all the money saved up in no time. Sure. Anyone would take that transaction real quick. Sure. The issue for us is to be strategic, in line with our philosophy of ministry. Um to, to do a few things well. Yeah. That's the heart behind yeah. what we're trying to do. And what? encourage everyone who's got their own thing. You can totally. please go. Like you already said, yeah. you are the pro- project and program and praise God, but we'll try to do a few things as well as a church.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it's good. Let, let's land it here. Uh, the last um, P here, we talked about um, uh, giving and partnerships and then provision, but also prayer and just encouraging anyone listening here. What can I do now? Well, now for sure you can be praying. Yep. You can be praying for those unreached people groups through, um, how am I blinking right now on the name of the book you, Operation World. Operation World, yeah. thank you, and pray through that. There's a kid's version of that. I want to get that for my kids. Yeah. I want my kids to know the, the, the bigness of God's world and how many people have not yet heard the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. really want that, but to be praying as a family, praying personally, praying for, uh, well, pray for your church. Yeah. Pray for your church to make a wise and timely decisions that show uh, a, a generosity, that make sacrifices appropriate to the calling that we know God has in His Word, and in the sense of uh, the, the right timing for those um, things, those leaders to go out, those missionaries to be sent, or the partnerships. And so mm-hmm. be praying. Yeah. Uh, I want to recommit myself to a greater degree to that because I um, loved what, I think you it was a quote, there's there's no passport necessary right. with prayer. It goes all around the world. It's, it's God who is present everywhere. As you lift your voice to Him in the name of Jesus, asking for Him to do a great work, we're going to find out one day in eternity just how much we were involved in things. <laughs> Yeah. as we worshiped and prayed for God's glory in things that we could not have um, done ourselves. Yeah, um, so and good. so let's, uh, let's encourage people with that. Any last closing words?
0: Well, I just think I'm amazed as I look at church history, and, and, and let me just encourage you, some of the best ways to figure out how to navigate this is pick up a biography. Get John Patton's biography, get William Carey's biography, get Adoniram Judson's biography, right? You I mean you could go on for days. Um David Brainerd, uh, missionary to the Delaware Indians, he made it such a focus. So, so think about it. he's the actual missionary there, right? But he's spending two hours a day praying. Like now I, I'm not sometimes you say that and you're like, how in the world in the modern day are we gonna pray for two sure. hours a day? The bottom line is a commitment to prayer could be the most effective thing uh, anybody could do in that sense, especially if, if right now it's so clear the Lord has you grounded and in, in you're very much where you're supposed to be. Well, man, pray and just listen to the fact that even missionaries on the field are spending a predominant amount of their time praying. The Lord is pleased to work through the prayers of his people. It's all about him. It's all to give him glory. He loves responding and show himself to be faithful and strong.
1: Amen. It's a good closing word. Uh, fun as always, and I hope to see you next time. You've been listening to Doxa Logic, a podcast by Doxa Church in Rockland, California. To learn more, visit doxachurch.net.